Good morning. Uh, it's Tuesday the 12th of September and this is the Tuesday for this week. I did manage to do one last week, didn't I? So um, I don't have so much to catch up on, which is nice. Um, towards the end of last week, I began to feel like I was um, really reaching my limit on a couple of fronts. It's just too tired, too busy, too much on my mind. And I tried to really unplug this weekend and this weekend just passed and spend some quality time with the kids. I know that it always makes me think of baby boom. And you and I will spend quality time together. So I did spend some time like that, really playing with my kids and you know, the weather the weather's been so up and down, they've been they've had so much trouble shaking this cough that's really nobody's getting a great sleep in the house at the moment and um, I'm hoping that spring will really kick in but winter's gonna peel back slowly this this year I think but I have successfully got something to grow and I know that normally I, I talk about cooking and and um, and TV and films and stuff and music but I'd like to do more gardening I'm not natural with gardens. My my mum's really amazing with gardens and she knows the name of everything and she just gets it. She loves it and I'm trying to learn it, like I'm trying to learn a language. And so this past, um, it's probably about nine months ago now, I bought, I went to the garden centre. We have, we have this really awesome garden centre down here where I live with like dinosaurs and there's a bonsai tree bit and it's just amazing. I'd love to get a bonsai. But I bought this packet of bulbs um, and and I read the instructions. I'm always a stickler for reading the instructions. I soaked them in water and planted them the right way and, and I've been really tending to them and I think I'm beginning to understand that word, that tend, tender, tend. So I've been tending to these bulbs and um, remembering to water them and when they first sent up some green, green shoots I was so excited and um, I give them some sea salt, it's like seaweed stuff and yeah, mix it in with water and then pour it on them and they don't quite get the water from uh, the rain so you have to remember to um, put water on them uh, you know manually <laughs> um, so anyway my flowers have just recently bloomed and, and it feels like a real metaphor for the the investment <laughs> that I've made in this this stage of, of my particular life um, and yeah I feel like I've learned a lesson and, and been given a, an encouragement by these flowers and they've got the most wonderful name they're called a ranunculus and the ones that I bought have come up in this really rich beautiful sort of fuchsia be pink and um, and then there's these sort of darker ones, kind of uh, almost not really burgundy. They're just they're just beautiful, and it gives me hope that one day I can create a lovely garden in my forever home. You know, once I finally get adopted, because <laughs> it's really difficult to balance. I, I can I kind of understand how foster parents must feel. Well, you know, on a scale, on a very small scale, when you when you move into a, a rental house and you really love it and you want to give it your love and 
invest in it and it just it doesn't feel worthwhile in Australia and I think that's something we need to address and I noticed I got a, an email I'm not I'm not a member of any political party and I've sort of I feel like I've made a decision in a way that I don't ever want to be because um, I like to go policy by policy and the Greens have released a really lovely interesting timely policy that I really agree with about sorting out the rental situation there was an interview uh, you know what it's like to be a renter in Australia because you you have to you have to get permission for so many things that being able to evict you without reason um, the way that the rents are market totally market driven there's no protection for renters in keeping with wage growth or CPI and I think that's a mistake I, I think we've made a mistake in allowing housing to become profit driven for a certain class and debt driven and it's just there's no you have very little recourse you can take them to VCAT but really it's all there in black and white you've signed it you've signed it and you don't have a lot of power and I think we really need to do something to address that at a legislative level is it legislative I don't know I think it's it's got to be in the contract it's the contract should refer to some sort of act or something that says you know this property has to have energy efficient heating and cooling this property has to have um, safe uh, fencing you know because I think and you can see it in the streets you can see which houses are the rentals you can tell and I don't think that's that's not pleasant for anyone is it really to see these sad unloved houses and and it really um, was drawn back to me by a comment from a homeowner that they really can think at a certain level that owning a house is a is a moral superiority over a, a renter and I think I think that's incorrect but I can see how they have come to that conclusion and apparently there was this time in the past where people were really strongly encouraged to see home ownership as a moral superiority so there was some sort of policy drive to encourage people to own homes and that led to this sort of filtering I mean once you've gone down a, a cultural narrative path to encourage anyone to take up any certain type of behavior once you've achieved your goal and people have done the behavior like voted liberal or voted labor or whatever the narrative survives and this is what I think we don't really talk about like the the asylum seeker bashing that we have done in Australia over the last 15 years really it's been a while now um, treating treating people as queue jumpers and referring to them in these ways and it's all been designed to move your vote it's not about the people at all it's it's never been about the people like oh the, what's happening to the Rohingyas and when is Aung San Suu Kyi going to say something I really do think she should be stripped of her Nobel Peace Prize if, if she doesn't say something because the massacres that are going on of the Rohingya Muslims in Myanmar and now they're fleeing into Bangladesh and for Bangladesh what are they going to do they're going to get on a boat and they're going to end up in Manus or somewhere where and Manus is being closed and Behrouz Bushani can't go to the London Film Festival to show his with his film his film he made there's this guy there's this absolutely beautiful Iranian Kurd journalist chap Beruz Bichani and he's been on Manus for I think three years and he has been regularly updating us you can follow him on Facebook and I highly recommend that you do because you get 
um, information about what's really going on on the ground in Manus and to these people, these people that the Australian government, in terms of our international obligations, I think we do actually have a legal obligation to them. We are, we are their protectors and we are failing them. We're actually torturing them. I think Australia is breaching um, a number of human rights protections. I, I, I think, I think, it, does it matter what I think? It's, Mark Dreyfus would say, Gillian Triggs would say, lots of people, Julian Burnside would say. So it's not just me, I feel comforted by that. But anyway, Manus and Beirut. So Beirut Bichani has made a film using his mobile phone while he has been in detention on Manus Island. And the film is called Chaka Tell Us The Time. And um, the bird, the Chaka bird, is uh, indigenous to um, Papua New Guinea, near where the Manus Island um, Detention Centre is, is built. And apparently the, the bird sings at certain times of the day. And because they don't, I mean, imagine it. You don't have a clock. You don't have someone coming around to bring you your breakfast. Or I, I don't know how they do it there, but... Chao could tell us the time is it's a great title and I'm, I'm would really like to see the film I haven't managed to catch it yet um, the trailers on YouTube if you want to look it up and yeah he I feel particularly interested in this because when I I mean it's so easy to take your freedom of movement for granted you when I was um, in my late 20s, I finished up my degree and I applied for a working holiday visa. I went on the big working holiday two years. It was up to two years that you could spend in the UK. Um, I don't have any ancestry claims. It'd be really funny if I was in politics at the moment. It would be like, no, Section 44 isn't, doesn't apply to me. I'm, I'm a fifth generation South Australian uh, Scott, Scots, Irish, German person. I don't feel... I've always felt a little bit guilty about being in Australia. I don't feel like I belong here. I feel very um, uh, mindful that it's not my country, that it's not my climate, that it's not my, it's not mine, it's not for me. When I went to Scotland, I felt like, wow, this is where I'm meant to be. And of course, I don't have the right to live there anymore. And my family got kicked off Manus Island the same, you know, in the same brutal fashion that, no, not Manus Island, they got kicked off on the island of Mull go back far enough and, and my family were forcibly expatriated. Is that the clinical term for it? So it doesn't seem like anybody, yeah, I mean you, you don't have to go very far back to find an injustice perpetrated against another group and another group and another group. And anyway, so where was I going with that? Yeah, so I my freedom of movement, I was able to go to the UK and in my first week I was on the tube in London and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I had a little bit of money in the bank, so it wasn't urgent that I started working as soon as I hit the ground. And um, I had come over with quite a bit of experience doing arts festivals, administration for festivals. I've done a lot of radio stuff and, you know, I was pretty useful and, and I knew how to work, you know, photocopiers and faxes and, you know. And um, I rang, I saw a poster in the tube for the London Film Festival and I rang up the office the next day and I asked if they needed anyone to help in the office specifically. Did they need anyone help in the office? Because like, um, and they went, yes, great, can you come in tomorrow? And I was like, sure. So in I went and I spent my first couple of months in London in, 
really involved in the London Film Festival, which was amazing. And then from there it rolled on. I, I volunteered at the London Lesbian and Gay Film Festival. Um, and really that was the beginning for me. And, and the fact that Beirut has made his film and it's been accepted at the London Film Festival where he can't go is... I can see the injustice as a creative person as well as just a human, you know. So I hope that it ends. And I hope that after all of this, those those people who have been unjustly held on, on Manus are able to recreate a life free from hate and suffering because... I think it would be very difficult not to hate Australia and Australian law and feel that we, I mean, you really, you head down a very dark path once you start treating someone badly, anyone, you know, you, you create more feelings in them and you are therefore responsible for those feelings because you had a choice, you could have done it a different way. And I feel like Australia in a way has been an abusive parent and if that child ends up going mad or killing the parent it's like I don't know it, it seems a little bit difficult to say well it's the child's fault so on to my next topic I finished watching the mist season one I'm really not sure why it's stretching out into more than one season it's a short story and it sort of has Morgan Spector by the way is the boy who, whose name I was trying to remember I'm not sure how good of an actor he is but he's quite pretty Alyssa Sutherland kind of blew him off the screen a little bit though. He's kind of there with his big dramatic faces and she's there with her nuanced expressions and I was thinking, wow, I think she's better than him. Um, Frances Conroy's wonderful towards the end. I think Mrs. Raven ends up being a bit of a caricature and the, the series really loses momentum in those last couple of episodes before the end, which is such a shame because I really am of the mind that you've got to you've got to hold on to your timing and um if you they're stretching it out because they can make more episodes and that's not enough of a reason not in this day and age the flexibility of the television format really should allow for you to write television however best suits the story um and you know it's been really really interesting to see oh that one's getting flat there this is starting to feel like an episode of walking dead where it's like oh yeah righto now we have this character doing this now we have this character we need to spend a bit more time with this character it's like you know a better writer would find a better way of doing this that's I, I didn't write it I'm sure that the people who worked on it worked really hard and they did what they needed to but it did lose pace in the last couple of episodes it's still worth watching I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed it it's not as it's not brilliant like Stranger Things though put it that way Stranger Things is truly brilliant um, and I, I didn't ever go back to that f comedy series. Like, I loved that first episode. I think about it a lot, but it feels like I watched a film and I got everything I needed out of that first film, which is such a, I mean, that's another sign. Maybe, maybe it's, um, maybe it was meant to be a film. I don't know. Um, I have been looking at my books. I got a book in the post 
you know that damned native marketing stuff that they do where they put something right in front of you and you go, oh, I need that. Ah, I really got got. And it, like I got got by, I couldn't possibly be mad. It was in the National Gallery of Australia and they had this beautiful book, uh, Dempsey's uh, Watercolour Portraits of People in England. And so it's all of like the lower classes, you know, the street walking people, the, the, just the normal people living in London. And there's this beautiful book, and I thought, whoa, I really like that. And the ad said, get it before they go, they're all gone. And I was like, oh, no. So $80 later, I have this beautiful book arriving in the post. But it is lovely. And, you know, I'm looking forward to getting my library organized, because at the moment, the, the, the paperback novels are in with the coffee table books, are in with the comics, are in with the, in, you know, the art catalogues, and I need to sort them out. I, it's, it's frustrating to see them all bundled in together like cargo. Um, and one day I will, I know I will, I'll get there and it will be great. Um, at the moment it's just a tiny bit frustrating. So, that's probably enough for me, I think, today. That's ranting about the mist and, and talking about Beirut's and um, I will try and remember to put Beirut's in the title of this um, because I really would like to see him get some more support from Australia. Uh, I think it's a real tragedy that we are treating someone who's quite clearly a beautiful soul like this, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't talked about the postal vote at all. I'm voting yes. I have no problem with people who want to vote um, according to their conscience. I think there's a danger in um, telling lifelong people who have been brought up to believe that it's a Christian thing. And, you know, if I was one of those people, I don't think I could be talked out of my perspective. But I like what people are saying. They're saying even people who are going to vote no say if it gets passed by the Australian people, I will go fine. And I think there seems to be a really very strong group of, of my friends. I am not going to vote no. This is clear as a bell. I've got, I'm voting yes. I'm always, always going to be going to vote yes. But there's been some really interesting discussions. There was a, a girl, a girl, sorry, a lady on um, uh, the radio she was on the law report and that reminds me i haven't talked about the law report episode with the swearing tony you can't um but that was great i listened to that during the week but this 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 woman came on and she was saying that she was going to vote no because she was an academic lesbian feminist or something and i was going why does that how i get i get the argument about marriage treating women as property i find the whole marriage debate separate from feminism to be a bit of a hollow bell because I really think we need to talk about gender we need to talk about women um, because it's women who have really I don't know it's a big it's a big discussion and it's not simple it's not simple and it's not simple in terms of how it's going to affect people and you know I think they really made a mistake in not making sure that the um, the, the campaigns were going to be protected by the same rules governing an election, but they're trying to draft that legislation as fast as they can. So, you know, I don't, I don't envy those lawyers in those rooms at the moment because 
we will have to live with the consequences of this rushed legislation. Don't forget that. You know, down the track, we do another postal survey on something else. The, the, the legislation that they are frantically drafting right now might be all we have to protect people from hate speech and some of the cam some of the material produced in the campaign is just deplorable, it's disgusting, it's despicable. And that's what happens when you open a valve on people's fears. Their fears and their hatreds and their prejudices. So yeah. I don't know, big fucking can of worms, and um, lo and behold, it, it, it be open, and um, be safe, take care of yourself, take care of your friends, don't forget to ask the are you okay, are you okay days coming up, um, you can make a real difference in your own life and in people's lives by looking on the bright side, like Monty the fucking Python, so... Take care of yourself and I will see you next Tuesday.